Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni and I'm joined this morning by health and wellness expert, Dr. Julie Gatza, who will be educating us on what some are calling America's newest health epidemic, gluten intolerance and sensitivity. The gluten-free industry is booming, but is going gluten-free the best solution for optimal health? Well, we'll sort out all the facts and fiction and try to give our listeners advice on dealing with food sensitivities. Good morning, Dr. Julie. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Well, let's start with the basics. So what exactly is gluten sensitivity and what causes it? Well, gluten itself is a substance that occurs in many grains and, uh, uh, because our food has been so altered in this country, um, I'm seeing a whole heck of a lot more people reacting to the different grains than they used to 28 years when I first started practicing. And uh, it's simply, uh, the fact is, we use Roundup, we use all sorts mm-hmm. of pesticides, our, our soil is changed, it's not replenished, and our seeds are changing. And, you know, that's just good old-fashioned America for you at this point, and I mean, that could be a whole other show we talk about, but mm-hmm. there's got to be a way around, you know, having just such altered food. And uh, that's sort of what I've been doing for all the time that I've been doctoring. How is a sensitivity different than an allergy? It's not much different. It's mostly just a, a word. Most people can uh, consider an allergy being something like a runny nose and itchy eyes and, mm-hmm. you know, sinus problems. Um, that's just a that's just an allergy symptom, but a sensitivity can be exactly the same, plus all sorts of things that people are unaware of as far as uh, they can have skin problems and weight conditions and hormonal imbalance all due, all due to sensitivity slash allergy. Talk about the role that enzymes play in all of this, and why are they so essential? Like, where, where do they come from? Uh, enzymes are made from the body, and uh, we make different types of enzymes to break the different types of foods that we eat uh, down. So we have pancrease, which breaks down protein, and lipase, which breaks down fat, amylase, which breaks down carbohydrates. And uh, because our food isn't as good as it could be, because our soil has been altered and different things like that, we are not making enzymes to break down the foods the way we need to. So people are having a lot more health problems that they wouldn't necessarily think uh, it's starting digestively. I've used an enzyme in my practice for years, and it's probably the most common nutrient I'll give to a patient um, called Absorbate. And Absorbate has all the different enzymes in it. When somebody actually takes that with a meal, not only do they have up to 71% better breakdown of that meal so that they get more nutrition from it, but they're also able to break down the foods that they're combining and eating together so that they have less gas, less bloating, less indigestion, less heartburn, and all those symptoms are simply the body saying, hey, we are not breaking down this food and you're not getting nutrients from it. 
Why, as we get older, why is it harder to produce those enzymes? Why do you think I it's think hard? mostly it's the different stressors on our life. It's antibiotic and medical drug use. It's the long-term effect of not having, you know, a, a quality uh, source of food. You know, I went to um, Italy a number of years ago, and I was eating a salad, and I couldn't believe how good it was, and I was looking at the ingredients on the salad, which was hardly anything. But what it was was the lettuce actually tasted so delicious, it wasn't just an avenue for salad dressing. And that's all the food that it used to be. I mean, heck, when I grew up, food was, you know, still starting to be changed, but it certainly tasted, you know, when was the last time you had a great apple, a great tomato? That's all just how good is the soil. Wow, that's a good point because I, and with tomatoes and with apples, I always, they do taste different to me. And I I wonder if, you know, if it's, if it's how they're produced, where they come from, you know, all of those things. But it is funny that there is a different taste when it's a fresh, natural, you know, tasting piece of fruit or a vegetable. It, I've, I've actually never heard somebody else say that out loud. So that's very interesting to me (laughs) that, that, you know, how it tastes does matter. You know, we've lived so fast in our life that we forget that sometimes. I know. I mean, we used, I grew up in the Midwest and we used to go apple picking and, you know, we used to sneak out into the garage and eat six to eight apples in one sitting. Yeah. No kid in their right mind would do that. Now, apples aren't that good. No, that's that's very true. That's very true. Well, if you're mm-hmm. just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7, and we've been chatting with health and wellness expert Dr. Julie Gatza, who is talking to us about gluten sensitivity and the role that enzymes play in a healthy digestive system. She's been helping patients maintain optimum health as the co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. Let's continue uh, with our discussion. So, you suggest that living a gluten-free lifestyle may not be the best route to optimal health for those that have a gluten sensitivity. Why is that? Well, it's not just that you... I do recommend that they do stay away from the gluten. Let the body relax. Let the system repair. I would just say, in general, all grains. And if a person can get away with all grains, that means they're eating more protein, they're eating more vegetables, they're having fruits. They're not relying on the fast, quick you know, mm. muffin top causing foods. Right. And uh, when they do that, their body can start to at least relax from the over, you know, consuming of the grain. If they then take enzymes with every single meal, now they're breaking down the meal and utilizing those nutrients because when you eat food, those vitamins and nutrients only get into the bloodstream if you could break it down into the digestive system. The bloodstream is like the super highway that carries nutrition to every single portion of your body. So that's why this is such an important aspect and so very not taught to people that, you know, it really does stem from digestion and gas, bloating, indigestion, heartburn, you know, is certainly very, very common and not thought of as anything terribly uh, scary. And really, it just means you're, you're starving. Right. Well, can you can you tell us a little bit about the program that you recommend? I know that your regimen includes going gluten-free and then reintroducing it back into the diet, but can you share a little bit more about the program? Sure. What I would, you know, as, as a general rule, what I would do is have people wake up and have a big glass of water, first thing. Okay. And when they are going to make some breakfast, I would have it be mainly protein. So eggs, uh, leftover dinner, um, you could have uh, bacon and sausage and oh, wow. and some fruit, 
Yep, I have no problem with that because it's a protein. And yes, of course, if you're trying to lose weight and whichever, but right. it, it's really not the bacon and the sausage that are causing the weight problems. So with that, you put on the pro, you eat the protein, eliminate the coffee, the tea, the soda pop. Um, if you have that decent of a breakfast, you really don't need a snack in between then and lunch. When you do have lunch, Good similar point. thought process. Have, you know, protein for lunch, maybe put that on a salad, have some steamed green vegetables, have a piece of fish, and then the same thing for dinner. When you skip breakfast, you're starving at night. Mm -hmm. When you don't eat adequately and you have the bagel on the fly and the coffee, you know, to tide you over. It's worse. It's not nutrients. Mm -hmm. It's just mass filling up the digestive system. So you think you're full and really your body's going, wow. That is so nothing that we are going to survive on. So, you know, you so, mentioned no coffee. What if, if coffee was just straight black coffee? Is that still not as it's good still the to same. have? Okay. Yeah, no, it's not. Coffee itself keeps you from absorbing. And it, it alkalizes <sighs> the digestive system and keeps nutrition from getting in. And <sighs> pretty much I can see this in all the years that I've been a chiropractor and adjusting people. When they're on my program, they move beautifully. The spine is no big deal. They get better. And I can absolutely tell when they've put coffee back into their diet because really? they do not adjust as well and all their little symptoms start creeping back into the, into them. Wow. I'm, I'm literally taking notes as you're talking because this is, I've got to change a lot of things. But I like that you talk about eating the heavier proteins, you know, in the morning and at lunchtime because I hear so many people say, oh, I'm not really a breakfast person or I'm not really, you know, mm-hmm. I'm good. I'll be good until lunchtime or the afternoon. And I've started to do that sort of eat, you know, my bigger meals, trying to eat, you know, healthy with high protein in the morning. That way at night, you don't feel so heavy, you know, and then you're going to sit and sleep and then everything just sort of uh, sit there, right? It's, I mean, it's so, yes, it's so true and well done on that because it definitely is, you know, that I'm not a breakfast person. Well, you have a body. Right. So sort of not really are you a breakfast person or not. Your body actually needs to be fed something adequate right. after it's been resting all evening. How long mm-hmm. would you recommend that people go gluten-free if they were going to do it? A couple of months. Okay. I would say do it for two months and then see how much better you feel. And if you follow some of these rules, you'll feel better enough that you go, huh, all right. Well, is eating gluten or grains in general very healthy for you? And not just the gluten, but, you know, what really is in a grain that a body is desperately needing to survive? Not much anymore. So you've taught yourself how to eat more protein. You're eating more vegetables. You're taking the enzymes. uh, You're having some fruit. You've knocked out your coffee, your teas, your soda pops. And uh, lo and behold, you have more energy. Your skin looks better. You have less bags under the eyes. You've Mm -hmm. lost some weight. Well, then go have a fat pizza. And see how you feel. And you'll be bloated and gassy and tired and can't get up the next morning. And at that point, you can see for yourself what grains in general are doing to the system, and especially grains grown here in America. So, you know, the gluten industry has gone kind of wild because they're saying, well, if you can't have this because it has gluten in it, well, let me give you a substitute grain. Well, even to me, that isn't the best of choices because these substitute grains are now getting altered and fast and mass pro- um, produced 
that they're losing what they used to have as well. Now, if you, if you were going, you know, shopping at a supermarket and you're looking for things that are that are gluten free, do you should it say that on the package? Because I'm trying to really think as you're talking. You know, when I go food shopping, I need to know. I want to know what I what I should be looking for if I were to buy foods or buy vegetables or know where to go to get yeah, where it will question. really say gluten free. What I don't look for gluten free necessarily. Um, Pretty much I shop on the outside perimeter of the store. So okay. it's the meats, the vegetables. Um, if I go into the inside of it, it's usually for some condiments. Mm-hmm. And soy sauce does have wheat in it as I think the first or second ingredient. So there are wheat-free soy sauces if you're buying those. Oh, I didn't know um, that. Oh, that's good to know. See, mm-hmm. you, I want you to just come with is. me food sh- or shopping for food every <laughs> single day. <laughs> this would be great. You know, <laughs> you'll learn quickly. Oh. It's very fun. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, let's see. Uh, as far as gluten, you know, we have some gluten-free bread, and I put it in the freezer. And so when I'm making breakfast for my husband on occasion, I'll pop out a couple of pieces, put it in the toaster. But we don't eat sandwiches. We don't really have, you know, the normal things. Like, I mean, we're not crazy. We certainly have had them and do. And my husband breaks it a lot more than I do. But I'll make gluten-free pizzas constantly. And uh, it just, you know, you put a pizza that you've made and you're just not so full. You feel better. You don't feel like, you know, you're flipped on the couch for the rest of the evening. So, you know, as treats, that's what I do. And, you know, the bread I just freeze because we can't eat it fast enough. Right. Same. Well, if you're just joining us, this is Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Kendra Petroni. And our guest today is Dr. Julie Gatza, a health and wellness expert who's been talking with us about her recommended approach to dealing with gluten sensitivity, which surprisingly enough, doesn't necessarily mean living gluten free. Dr. Gatza explains the importance of enzymes in the digestive process. Let's get back to our conversation. So if people want to use enzyme supplements which ones do we want to use and how long would we do that for i would say in the vitamin industry things are definitely not created equal they can put the mm-hmm. same things on the labels that uh, a very high quality well-made absorbable uh vitamin can go you know on the same label see that's what and scares so, me that's why i'm asked well, that's why i'm so afraid to I do anything say, in general, you get what you pay for, mm-hmm. and that is just the truth. You cannot make certain vitamins very cheaply because if so, then you've just cheaped out and they're not going to work well. So, mm-hmm. you know, they survey people, say, how much would you like to, you know, how much would you spend on this vitamin? And they get a number, and then they do whatever they can to get it near that number, despite the fact that the vitamin isn't any good. Okay. So with digestive enzymes, the one that I've used and I love is called Absorbate. And it's by a company called Nature's Sources, and okay. it has all the different types of enzymes in it to break down all the foods that you can have. On top of it, of it if you're actually taking this um, enzyme when you don't have food in your stomach, it helps with inflammation. So if oh. you ever wake up with a back pain or a hand pain or joint pain, you can take these on an empty stomach, take two and uh, possibly three, and you'd be amazed traveling. It gets rid of the sort of puffiness from even planes. Oh, this is uh, that I'm going to get it today because that I was going to ask you, I mean, can I do that on an empty stomach? It won't make me I have have kind of a sensitive stomach in general with taking any kind of, you know, vitamin or pill or anything. Would it it would be fine if I did take it first thing without having eaten anything yet? I could still do that. Absolutely. If you're trying to get rid of inflammation, for sure. And this is all vegan um, 
uh, formula on top of it. So wow. I've put little kids on it. And, you know, their little circles change from under their eyes. They, yeah. you know, digest better. They're not gassy. They're not little bloat babies anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you can put this, you can, they come in powder form. It comes in capsule form. And uh, pretty much anytime we're having a, a meal or a, a barbecue or something in our house, I'll just leave out a, a bowl of them. And everyone knows to take enzymes because they all feel better when they do. This is uh, this is so educational for me because I I I care about my health. I care about what goes into my body and and how I feel. And I and I think I'm eating well, and then I don't feel well after I eat. And even though some mm-hmm. things like a salad, there could be something in the salad. And you've mentioned a lot of great things, but I want to talk to you about probiotics because I always see commercials for it, and I know a lot of people listening. You know, we see the like the, the yogurts and everything. What what are probiotics? Because I don't know what they are. I mean, I know the name, I've heard it, but what are they and why are they so important? Okay, well, um, probiotics are basically good bacteria. Okay. If, you, if you've ever taken an antibiotic, that antibiotic didn't just wipe out the uh, strep throat infection. It wiped out all your antibiotics. It doesn't just singularly go for the one that you're complaining about. Okay. So when that occurs, you have an imbalance in the digestive system from yeast and the bacteria. They should be in a nice, clean balance. When you've wiped out all your bacteria, the yeast overgrows, and you can have all sorts of types of symptoms that you don't even realize are due to the fact that you've wiped that out. So you can have uh, sugar cravings and um, skin breakouts and hormonal deficiencies, and not to mention um, uh, things like vaginal yeast infections Mm -hmm. and jock itch and things that, you know, no one wants to talk about. But that becomes imbalanced, and so probiotics actually help to recolonate good bacteria back into the digestive system. Absorbate um, Platinum has an absorbate with all the enzymes in it, and it also has the probiotics in it if you get the Platinum one. And um, yes, yogurt, you can, you can, it does have probiotics in it, but it's not my by far favorite way of getting it into people. I usually give them the Absorbate Platinum or... Yeah. Uh, a very high quality, um, you know, probiotics on top of it that isn't made from dairy. See, I like that because I do, I have an issue with dairy sometimes and I don't, I, it, I don't have an allergy or anything or any kind of a, you know, severe reaction to it, but I don't feel good after I eat it. My body just doesn't feel mm-hmm. good. I have that, that lethargic, that kind of bloated, yucky feeling. So that's all I ever knew about probiotics. So that's good to know that there are other ways of getting it that may be better and make you feel better instead of having that, that weight of the dairy products that you have to eat, you know. That's true. And dairy in general, it pretty much goes along with me for the mm-hmm. grains. It's a tough food to break down, yeah. and it's not doing us a heck of a lot of good. Right. So we get that, you know, generally out of the diet. And, you know, I am no saint, but when you said, you know, can we ever eat this again or, you know, is it possible? Yes, you can, but you've got to get that digestive system um, working much more efficiently. Right. And once it starts to work better and you're getting these enzymes in and you're cleaning up your diet, then you can have these things. You just can't rely on them for every single meal like most mm-hmm. people are doing right now. Right. And, and it is it is unbelievable. I mean, it, again, when I am food shopping or if I'm going to buy food or if we're out to eat, I do notice, I look around to see what other people are eating, what they're picking, what they're putting in their carriages. And it is it's astonishing when I try to think of, you know, not doing sugar or trying to even do gluten-free, gluten-free diets. I was just saying to my husband the other day, you know, 
Wow, a lot, and I'm no saint either, but a lot of people don't mm. eat well. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and I I like talking to you and knowing where I should go, like what I should be looking for, and different different um, ways to do that. What kind of results have you seen in your patients that use your method of the enzyme supplements versus <laughs> a gluten free diet? Have you seen really great results? Uh, what what can you share with I've us? I've seen, you know, out of 28 years of being a chiropractor, this past month, I would say that. of the people that came in and followed what I had them follow um, improved so significantly that we get so used to seeing people truly get their health back from diabetes and neuropathy and fibromyalgia and infertility and, you know, poor skin and then chronic back problems and digestive problems like Crohn's disease and, and irritable bowel and diverticulitis. All these things are handled when you just get the body working the way that it should work. And there's no real mystery. It's just, you know, it's changing your habits. It's getting nutrition. It's getting adjustments. It's, you know, getting the right nutrients. It's eliminating the right foods from the diet. And uh, lo and behold, the body really does want to improve. Mm -hmm. And it can improve so quickly that all you need is a willing patient. I've kissed so many frogs over the years. (laughs) And, you know, the ones that said yes were the actual... (laughs) You yeah. know, loyalty. <laughs> That's funny. And I have the, it is, but you know, the, the data is there. It's just a matter of, you know, how, uh, how much do you really want to improve? And pretty much everyone in my practice has been everywhere else. So by the time they've gotten to me, they're, um, they're willing to do what, what they need to. And it's not impossible. It's just stable, good things that you should be doing anyhow and raising your kids with. What is the most rewarding about this work for you? What, what's the, what's the um, most challenging? Well, I guess the rewarding part and then the challenging part, if you want to share that with us. I guess the rewarding is the certainty on how, um, how effective what I've done over these years is. I'm, I'm not at this point looking for a lot more answers because we constantly are helping out and really making changes with people. So, you know, I get hugs and all sorts of things all day long in my practice because, you know, we've changed an 83-year-old woman's chronic pain for 50 years within, wow. you know, three weeks' time. And she said, I've had chronic pain for 50 years. I can't believe it's gone. And, you know, I get used to it, but <laughs> she's not used to it. So it's, it's, it's lovely that, you know, that is a huge portion of my job. And I would say the most distressing portion of it would be... Um, sort of what's working against trying to get people healthy. And, you know, there's the drug industry and the commercials and the magazine ads and, Mm -hmm. you know, the poo-pooing of it and the (laughs) no real education to really getting people understanding how to improve themselves as compared to just take a drug. So, you know, there's a lot of suppression on people in this country to not get healthy and to stay connected to to the drug scene when, you know, there's all sorts of natural answers that really aren't that much harder or they're actually easier because overall everything else improves. And you're the co-founder of the Florida Wellness Institute. And in your opinion, how would you define wellness? What is the actual definition of wellness to you? For me, it would be a, um, a body that's efficiently working. Mm. So it means, you know, if you have digestion, it's a body that actually is um, eating the right foods, breaking it down and utilizing it. It's a body that isn't, um, you know, it's not a super body. It just is a body that's the most efficient and pretty much symptom-free because they're doing the right things. And it's just not that hard to do it. Now, you know, there are things that surgeries have changed that you can't, you know, ever bring back. But 
in general, we're seeing a, you know, an efficient system and, and that's all it is. I really don't fix a single thing. All I do is get the body to work the way it's supposed to. Do you think, because we've talked, you know, a lot about food and, and what goes into your body and how it affects you. Do you think that the types of food we're eating could could be a, a cause to, you know, developmental delays or any other deeper rooted issue? You know, if we're not, at, you know, when we're mothers are pregnant or, you know, having children, do you think that the food we're eating could be causing issues that we have just with, you know, learning disabilities or any kind of developmental delay? Or is that, you know, just too far out to, to sort of prove and connect? I'm yeah. just always curious about it because it seems to be so common. And I'm just wondering well, if, because I it's it, so important. I think it's a very good question. And yes, I do believe that it has something to do with it. You know, there was a um, uh, an, uh, researchers um, by the uh, Pottinger and Price, and they mm-hmm. had shown some slides, and they were showing all these different um, uh, Native people from different countries and how they looked. And they all had very wide faces, plenty of room for teeth, you know, alert. Um, those tribes uh, didn't have a lot, uh, no bone disease and teeth decay. And um, when the American, you know, colonial diet or whatever it was that came in, it was the white flowers and the sugars. And you start to see a change of how people look, the thinner faces, more crowding of teeth, um, you know, teeth and bone decay. And so way back, you know, not that far, it was the Polynesians and, you know, they were having a high-fat, high-protein diet. So the Polynesians were having, you know, the fish and the goat's milk. Mm-hmm. The Eskimos were having blubber and caribou. You know, the uh, different countries were eating this high-fat, high-protein diet, and mm-hmm. they had tremendous health, wow. and uh, it only went south when we started to, you know, <laughs> yeah. change what they were doing. And so, yes, I think that's, you know, our kids these days are way behind the eight ball because of the fact that the the mothers aren't getting good food in the first place. And then on top of it, we're sort of conditioned to giving kids cereal and milk and, you know, right. just sort of stuff to fill their gut. And now we're, you know, upset that they're having learning disabilities or they right. can't behave. And it's sort of like, come on, guys, yeah, just make up. them an egg. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, you know, pack them a lunch. And, you know, I packed my kids lunch for years. And one day we took the wrong lunchbox home and I couldn't believe what was was actually in the lunchbox that we thought was hers. (laughs) Isn't it unbelievable? It it is a wake up call. I mean, I think I love talking with you. I wish we had more time with you. But before I let you go, how can people learn more about what you do in the program you recommend? You want to give us a website so all of our listeners can go there and check everything out? Absolutely. It's um, the company that I love is called Nature's Sources. You can get onto the website, which is naturesources.com, and you can find out about the Absorbate or the Absorbate Platinum, which has the, uh, the probiotics in it. Um, they can also call a 1-800 number, which is 1-800-827-7656, and if they use the code RADIO, they can have some twenty per, uh, they can have some free samples or they can get twenty percent off their first order. Oh, that's fantastic. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Julie, because honestly, I, I've i been really taking notes. Anybody that's walking by the studio right now can see me. I'm taking aggressive notes because I I know that food is important, and I've, I've been told it so many times, but I love hearing it from you because this is what you do. This is your area of expertise, and it makes sense. Food is everything, and I think it is so much more important than we realize what we put into our bodies, and I think we need to you know, take it a lot more seriously. So. I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure talking to you as well. Oh, thank you, Dr. Julie Gatza. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you to health and wellness expert, Dr. Julie Gatza, for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. It's so important to educate people on how to maintain optimum health, and she has been kind enough to share her knowledge and expertise with us this morning. I'm Kendra Petroni, and you've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. Remember that exceptional women are everywhere. We talk to celebrities and authors and CEOs, but we're also interested in your neighbors, coworkers, and friends who are quietly making an impact in their communities. Email us if you know someone you'd like to suggest. We'd love to hear from you. And be sure to join us every Sunday morning at 730 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.